5: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. KFI AM
4: 640, you're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We're on the radio from 1 until 4, and after 4 o'clock, uh iHeart app is where you go for the John and Ken podcast, John and Ken On Demand. You can listen to everything you missed. And, and thank you all for making uh, May a record, uh, record growth, record numbers for our podcast. Thank you very much. It's the cool thing to do now, to so you can hear the whole show all day. Right.
6: Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, today, of course, is iHeart Radio Access Day. We're going to talk about that in a moment. What, what our guest is not coming on? Is that what I understand now? Tomorrow, we have her. Okay, confusing. I just got an email that says tomorrow two p.m. I, I guess that was sent yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just came in my mailbox Thursday, just June first, one forty-seven p.m. Yes. Uh, well, I see her on the screen. She is there. All right, we're gonna play you the story first from Channel Seven reporter Jory Rand, and then we'll talk to our guest. Here we go.
7: Police believe this is the serial arsonist who has lit as many as 30 cars or more on fire in the Sunland-Tujunga area over the last few months. This video is from this morning. A man pours an accelerant on the hood of a pickup truck, lights it on fire, and takes off. He was arrested shortly afterwards. The truck belongs to Rich Poquette. I'm heartbroken. I I really, really like this truck. It's been a rough couple of weeks for Rich. He just got home after a three-week stay in the hospital that saw him lose his foot. He and his wife were looking forward to getting back out and driving the truck they bought just a few months ago. My wife came in and said the truck was on fire. And she said something about arson and ran back out because the police were chasing him.
4: And uh, that's when I was able to get out here in the
5: wheelchair sit at the front door and watch it burn.
7: When I saw the cops, I was like, oh my gosh, we are like a victim of that arsonist. So it was just so random. You know, everyone says it's never going to happen to
2: you, but it, maybe you shouldn't think that.
7: <laughs> if it turns out this is the serial arsonist, the arrest brings to an end a long and destructive string of fires. This woman lost two cars this month, one on May 1st. The other two weeks later when the car parked in front of hers was torched.
3: The front end of it was completely melted because of the, the other car that had been set on fire.
7: The LAPD has been looking for this guy for weeks now, but recent victims are left to wonder whether this guy should have been caught long before today. I was shocked in today to hear that I was the 17th car and now I'm hearing there's
4: 30 cars. And it's just kind of like, you know, I, I personally wonder, like what happened, why
5: Why did this take so long to get something going?
7: This has been happening since February. There are a lot of victims out there, tens of thousands of dollars in damages and the LAPD still looking for more potential victims. As for Rich, he says he bought limited insurance on that truck, but because it's relatively new he still had full coverage until the end of the month. And he joked with us, he's good he's able to joke about this, that he laughed at it's a good thing they have the video. Otherwise, his insurance company might think he set his own truck on fire to have full coverage left two days before the end of the month.
6: The suspects identified as Guadalupe Rescindes as the person that they've arrested for setting these series of uh, vehicle fires in Sunland, Tahunga that you heard in that story. Cars, trailers. I guess that makes it dangerous, John, if you're going to you know park your trailer on the street and live in it if some guy like this comes by. And starts hurling bottles with, like, gasoline uh, on them. We're going to talk now to Lydia Grant with the Sunland tahunga Neighborhood Council for uh, more on the story. She's the council president.
4: Lydia, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you guys today? We're well, just is, is fine. This is like
4: terrorism, what this guy was doing.
1: Absolutely. And our community is not over the fear yet because they're worried that somehow this guy will get out. They're worried that Gascon will let him out back onto our streets. Um, we, the story is actually really frightening. If you knew that this had been going on for months, and that the LA Fire Department, as much as we do support them, was chalking all of these fires up to mechanical failures and was not investigating them for arson. No,
6: it no, wasn't wait until a minute. A Did- couple- This guy is allegedly throwing bottles with, like, uh, flammable liquid in them, right? How could they not notice that? What kind of investigators do we have here?
1: I can't answer that. I can just tell you that myself and another community member realized that we had literally had two fires in the exact same spot within two weeks of each other, and we started to put a timeline together of all the fires that had been posted on our local blogs, so that we took photos of the burn spots and we turned them over to LAPD. And that was the first they had heard of it. Within a week of LAPD getting it, they had caught the suspect.
6: Uh, Because it wasn't their ring doorbell video too of some of this happening? or?
1: Yes, there was. And there was actually ring doorbell videos going back to October.
4: Were people calling in all these fires? I mean, they're supposedly... 25 of them at minimum. Were they calling in these fires to LAPD all along? or at The fire no, they're
1: department? They were calling them into 911 who was turning them over to LA Fire. Then LA Fire was not investigating them as arson. So each incident, that person basically was told it must be a mechanical failure. So they're not at this time eligible for victims funds or any help and as you heard the story in the news each one of these uh, victims that I've met so far has a tragic story Uh, we have a guy who lost his car who's now riding the bus from Palmdale to work we have another one whose father has just spent several days in the hospital due to heart issues because of the the stress of the fire this is a tragedy and while well, the fire department never reports, so what happened was when they caught the suspect, the reporters literally stood there for hours waiting for the department, the fire department, to give a statement, and they never showed up. And it- we, the LAPD, is working closely with us, but we are trying to make sure that there's some compensation for these victims.
4: Well, don't doesn't don't the police show up when these fires happen?
1: No. We've been told by the police that unless there are traffic issues, these all happened on residential streets. So unless there's traffic, they're needed to help control traffic. The LAPD is not informed.
4: I'm thinking this is uh, all this is on purpose. This lack of reporting the fires as crimes Mm -hmm. in order to keep the crime rate down.
1: I'm very concerned. Hmm. And it, it is especially troublesome that our council member never said a word about any of this, never warned the community um, luckily for us, um, Channel 11, uh, Christina Gonzalez is a local uh, reporter. Uh, Channel 7 and then Channel 5 showed we've been trying to get the word out to the community when the arsonist was out free still to look out for each other. So if you see a glow, call 911. We were trying to get the word out to the community, but it wasn't coming from anywhere else. Our oh. council members, the head of public safety. Who is
4: there? Mona, Monica, Rodriguez. Monica Rodriguez? Monica yes. Rodriguez is your council person. Yes. Well,
1: I'm We are think hoping that they will do something to make sure this never happens again.
6: Yeah, I mean, Lydia, you're telling us that they basically ignored the story, trying to write it off as just car failure and... Not really doing much. about. Besides what John guessed at, what would be the motive for for playing this down so much from LAPD, the fire department and the city council? Why, why would they why It's would they... to improve
4: the statistics? The El Segundo Lying Times today had one of their PR oh, stories. Crime is down. Crime yeah. is down in Los Angeles. And I'm reading this and I don't I don't believe it. Just Did on you see site. the rest of the headline? It
6: was basically, why I spend all this money on additional police? Did you see it, it, that? that was yeah, it.
4: exactly. Okay, so that's today's propaganda, and all I had to do is come to the station here and talk to uh, Lydia here and find out, oh, there's 25 to 50 car fires that were And we're writing it off to car operational failure, That's right. right. Engines are exploding all over Sunland. Suddenly, 25 engines, spontaneously. I'd that have.
6: Now, Lydia, the other part of this, you're concerned, you have concerns that the L.A. County D.A., George Gascon, may go lightly on this suspect. What reasons do you have for that?
1: We do just from the things that we've heard over time about him being let out. Um Just with the bail issues and letting and the fact that they've let people out, we're being assured by the LAPD. Like I said, If it wasn't for the LAPD jumping on this and taking it very seriously, this guy would still be out lighting fires. Um, One thing I turned over to LAPD today was contact information for a couple who was actually living in their trailer when it was caught on fire by the arsonist. They were in the trailer sleeping when it was caught on fire. Luckily, the wife went to use the restroom and saw the glow, and they were able to get out.
4: This is this is what happens. You you got a whole spiral downward. People are allowed to live and sleep inside trailers, and then here comes an arsonist guy to set them on fire and try to kill them. It's just and then no, yeah. no everybody a- pretends it's not a crime and nobody bothers to investigate. Wow. That that's just crazy.
1: This is a, this is a high fire danger area, especially this area that should be brought to attention. But my concern is this could happen anywhere. People really need to be looking out for their neighbors. And if they think something is not right, they really need to get involved to make sure it gets addressed.
6: All right, Lydia, thank you so much for talking to us. We appreciate it. Thank you. It's Lydia Grant. She's the president of the sunland Tahunga Neighborhood Council with concerns over a serial arsonist, which they appear to have finally caught. But he's been doing this for months. Looks like he rides by on a bicycle Places a bottle, I guess, with a flammable liquid on it on top of vehicles, some of them RVs, some of them trucks, uh, trucks rather, trailers, and some of them cars, sets them on fire. And, uh, you know, maybe, John, Gascon will go with a diversion program. Yes. Where he can, this guy can safely light fires. Yes, his, a, a uh,
4: mental health diversion program. That's a, right. And he could get over his... There, there's a word for... uh when you when you when you're a fire fanatic, I forgot what it's called.
6: Uh, yeah, forgive me. <laughs> I was about uh, to say arsonist, but no, you're right. Yeah. A, oh, pyromaniac. A pyromaniac. That's right. There's a pyromaniac treatment center. Sure. Yeah, maybe you can get a job at a crematorium or somewhere where fires are oh, no geez. safely said. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little weird. All right, we got uh, more coming up. John and Ken KFI. AM 640 live everywhere. The iHeartRadio app.
4: You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. On the radio from 1 until 4 after 4 o'clock. The John and Ken podcast, John and Ken On Demand. And you could listen to everything you missed later in the day.
6: Yeah, the uh, moist line is uh, ready and waiting. Uh, We're short calls because of the short week. Monday being the holiday. Leave your messages. They're playing tomorrow. In the three o'clock, whether there's two, John, or a hundred, we're, we're playing on more. It might just be two calls. I,
4: well, you might we might be hearing all the calls that um, Eric normally rejects. If we're short right. of material, we start uh and you can usually tell. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell a slow week.
6: Yes. Uh <laughs> the iHeartRadio app is one way to connect to the moist line, the microphone icon. Leave your message with this toll-free number, 1877-MOIST 86-1877 six six four seven eight eight six and in case you haven't noticed it's iheart radio access day they're the giving access like never 700, had- deals ex- 700 deals oh, and over 700 experiences john really y- yes cool it's true uh if you're a sports fan you can get uh sports packages for la teams the clippers dodgers and kings that includes of course game tickets and parking and and the case of the Kings autographed hockey stick, a team store gift card, Kings jerseys and dinner before the game. That's what you do. If you want that kind of a deal, you go to iHeartRadioAccessDay.com. You could also have Chef Tyler Florence prepare a meal for you. And John Cobelt and Deborah Mark cannot go to this together because, as you might have guessed, they're not exactly going to eat the same thing. So. <laughs>
8: That's well, for sure. <laughs>
6: we wouldn't want Mr. Florence to have to make two separate dishes. Well, oh,
4: I but... could have the steak and she could have the, the, the greens.
6: I see, because he probably yeah. prepare side dishes. That's right. right.
4: Give her a salad. Let's just
6: call her a side dish, Deborah Mark. Oh, yeah. You know. I like
8: that, actually. Vegetables <laughs> she...
6: are just side dishes. They're not. She's a side dish already. Right. Oh, She's
8: Yeah.
6: <laughs> Her entree is a, a plate of uh, fava beans.
8: <laughs> oh, I like fava beans. You just reminded me I need to go buy some.
6: Alfalfa sprouts.
8: <laughs> oh, yeah. I had microgreens today. Those were delicious in my salad.
6: Oh, mm. the avocados are still hot too?
8: Oh, yeah. I had chickpeas, uh, microgreens, avocado, uh, <laughs> pomegranate seeds, blueberries, artich- artichoke hearts, all mixed together. This is what birds eat. Wonderful. Really, birds talking eat. Check at this stuff. Protein.
6: You must poop a lot, because it's a lot of, like, uh, intense (laughs) fiber. I don't,
8: actually. Oh, really? (laughs) Tell us more. (laughs) You have any charts? (laughs) Please don't. It's normal. Let's just put it that way.
6: Uh, iHeartRadioAccessDay.com. Because, you know, if you ever... Look at the farm animals that graze; they poop a lot. The cows, the the sheep, that's because it goes right through them. All that grass and he vegetation. just called you a farm animal. Well, you I gotta... like to
8: think that the people that poop a lot are the ones that eat all the crap that John eats that your body rejects because it's just crap. no.
6: John's steak gets stuck inside of him there. That's why he's never going to have that colonoscopy for us to find out. But uh...
8: oh, I know. Jeez.
6: <laughs> yes, you uh, want to
4: find out?
6: <laughs> no, I don't want. We were just talking about uh, an arsonist up in uh, sunland Tahunga. Now, along those same lines, of course, uh, everybody freaks out over fires in California. We have a story that just came out the other day. State Farm, uh, which is the largest insurer in the state for property for homeowners, is not going to take any new business. So if you already have a policy for them, for, for homeowners and property insurance, you can stay with them, but they're not taking on any new customers. Which brings us back to the category of, you know, like the oil companies are leaving the state, right? Refineries aren't being built. Now we have a major insurance company saying that uh, historic increases in construction costs, outpacing inflation. Uh, we have had catastrophic exposure. It's a challenging reinsurance market. But the Wall Street Journal kind of cut through this in a pretty good editorial. Apparently, John's one of John's favorite politicians, Ricardo Lara, who's the insurance commissioner. Cal Fart Lara. That's right. He was very concerned about climate change, and he was talking about how we should need to tax or do something about cow farts. Right. Because they warm up the climate. Uh, He's not letting them uh, raise premiums to account for their increasing risks for wildfires. So State Farm made... In fact, he's actually making them give discounts to people who do things like clear vegetation from underneath their decks. There's 12 wildfire mitigation measures that homeowners can get so they can get a reduction. But the response from State Farm is, well, people who don't do
4: this, why can't we turn around then and raise their, no, you can't raise their rates. Sorry. Well, because Ricardo Lara is socialist. He has no understanding of business, no understanding of uh, the purpose of a company is for profit. I I, I kind of lose patience with people who complain about insurance companies. Uh, the insurance rates are so high. It's like, hey, yeah, do you count the payouts whenever there's a big wildfire? or a hurricane, or some other disaster? Have you noticed how many billions and billions of dollars the insurance companies have to pay out? Well, of course the rates go up, because so many boneheads built their homes in fire-prone areas. And in Florida, those boneheads build their homes right on the beach, right in the path of a hurricane every summer. So, of course, the insurance rates are going to go up. If you're running the insurance company, what would you do?
6: And a lot of the media, of course, isn't picking up on this story, saying, oh, it's because of climate change, so the oh, risks are right. so great that State Farm can't take on new policies. The average yeah. cost of a building of new home in California, excluding the land, is $1.35 Chubb made a similar decision. The CEO, it's another insurance company, we cannot charge an adequate price for the risk. Because the rules they, in California for insurance companies is, you, they limit how much you can raise the premiums. So,
4: yeah. You just stopped doing business then. What do, you, what do you want from a guy to go back to cow fart Lara? He was trying to push a machine that cows would wear on their backs to collect the fart gas. And then you would oh. trap it and eventually, I don't know, take it somewhere. That get, was his idea? Get, I remember that
6: story. That's what he know. was pushing. Oh. He was. I guess I didn't didn't make it. I've not seen that being
4: used. Yeah, on farms. no. For so for some reason, it hasn't uh, spread on a mass appeal. No, basis. but you know what happened
6: instead. And I was just talking about this last weekend with somebody that the dairy industry's been decimated in California. A lot of them left because they're down on them for other reasons of climate change. So everybody's <laughs>
4: leaving. There was a story this week. <laughs> Three hundred and fifty-two businesses have left California in the last four years. Three hundred fifty. Along with the people, right? With the people. And, if your company and, leaves, you might leave, too. And almost half of them have gone to Texas. Right. <laughs> yeah,
6: well, that that's exactly how we do business in the state. Nobody yeah. cares.
4: So the insurance, yeah, the, the, the dairy farmers are out. The insurance companies are out. The only reason there's an increase in the cost of these natural disasters is because in California, you've got much more expensive housing, existing housing. And, and much, much more expensive construction costs and people build their homes in the path of fires or in some states in the path of hurricanes. So don't do that.
6: Or pay for it if you're going to do that. I mean, the same problem in the Midwest. Remember all the people in Mississippi that were building up along the riverbank and they got flooded out? Like you yeah. just mentioned in Florida, hurricanes, people want to be right up there against the beach. Well, you know, when a big hurricane comes, they get flooded out. Uh, if you're not going to learn the lesson, then pay the price. But in California, where it's a war on big companies, it's like, no, we're not going to let an insurance company raise the
4: rates and uh, too bad. So yeah. the response is, all right, we're not going to take on a new business. We're done. You notice nobody's begging uh, Ricardo Lara to run their insurance company? <laughs> no. Just another political he's act an trying idiot. to glom onto well, he, a job. He's an idiot. And, and, and Californians deserve this. Californians deserve not to be able to insure their homes because you, invote, you, you vote for Ricardo Laura to be the insurance commissioner. Now you don't have insurance. It's like your fault. You did it. All right, we got
6: more coming up. John and Ken, KFI, AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
3: OneWM. one, WL. one WL.
2: Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Thurda Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast.
4: from
5: KFI AM 640.
4: On the radio from 1 until 4. After 4 o'clock, the iHeart app for the John and Ken podcast. John and Ken On Demand, so you could listen to what you missed. Yeah, it's iHeart Radio Access day to day, today only.
6: You know, these 24 hours. So if you want to get in on these deals, there's over 700 deals and experiences. To differ it from a deal. Uh, you can get a one-year VIP access pass to all the live shows at the iHeart Radio Theater in LA uh, past performers included Charlie Puth and Ariana Grande and Ed Sheeran many more you can also uh meet up with Ryan Seacrest in Vegas at our 2023 iHeart Radio Music Festival also there is seeing Lionel Richie and Earthwind and Fire on tour all you have to do is well, go I like to, to I- see that Lionel Richie and Earthwind and Fire Yeah I would too they're on tour together i guess huh Yeah they are yeah, how many uh, Earth Wind and Fire are they still around? Earth Wind well, and Fire? Or? Wind is still there. <laughs> wind is, that was actually was a lot of people in that group, wasn't there? Like ten or yeah,
4: something like that. I don't, they had
6: good, great songs. Uh, these deals are available today only. You have to go to iHeartRadioAccessDay.com, dot com and it's the letter I, heart, radio, access, day, dot com for those deals. And a quick reminder: the moist line. Uh, we're going to talk about the drought in a moment. Uh, one eight seven seven moist eighty six for your calls tomorrow. We play them one eight seven seven six six four seven eight eight six. We spent a few minutes right before the news at two thirty talking about Deborah Mark's diet. Now we're going to focus on John Kobelt. Uh, the price of steak is apparently heading through the roof, and the Wall Street Journal did a big story. Yeah, I guess you would know more than any of us. Oh,
4: I just encountered this uh, last night. This exact issue.
6: Cattle prices, uh, apparently, they've been... Well, what happened with the pandemic? We had COVID outbreaks at some of the meatpacking plants. So that created the first burst in price. Things calmed down last year into 22. But then inflation is taking a big toll on the cattle ranchers. So in order to make anything in their business, they have to, uh, inc- they have to spend... Money. Oh, it's alfalfa and hay, which the price of those are up more than twenty percent on average from the prior year. That's what the cattle eat, alfalfa and hay.
4: The, the the price of steak at the grocery store is unbelievable. I I have I finally after uh, years I switched to a cheaper cut because I I just, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't pay the price that they were asking for at My uh, local store.
6: Uh, so one rancher says he's only making about twenty dollars profit per head of cattle earlier this year, but as prices are rising,
4: he's now making about eighty dollars a head. And, and the price of uh, the price of a cheeseburger? If I go to just an ordinary coffee shop right uh, down the road here yeah. for lunch, a, a cheeseburger, French fries, and a Coke—that's it. It is twenty dollars and seventy-nine cents before the tip you had a and tip and it's it's almost you would 20, say a few years ago it was significantly less is that oh what probably mean? uh 5 7 dollars less i not, i, yeah, that's, I that's can't huge. go to any sit down restaurant and i'm not talking about like just a medium restaurant right i'm not going you know to some expensive steakhouse just a neighborhood joint kind of place and it it's got it's 25 dollars
8: oh. for lunch so cut out the fries you'll save a few bucks
4: I do sometimes, I, I I mean, but the big cost is 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 the burger. It's gone way up.
8: Well, you know what I'm going to say about that. Yeah, don't
4: eat it. Sure, <laughs> exactly. you know, I, you know. Tomorrow, Find an
8: alternative. I'll
4: order fava beans tomorrow. Okay, you, How's you know it?
8: what? Your digestive system may love you for it.
4: No, I probably have a heart attack. Think, <laughs> but my spotted body. <laughs> you can would... make a
8: burger. Yeah, you can make a veggie burger with beans, lentils, whatever. Be more creative, John.
6: <laughs> and I actually had a guy who emailed us. He's with some sort of restaurant association. He was interested, Deborah, Mark, in that story where apparently once the dairy cows apparently run their course with the milk and cheese. Oh,
8: that terrible story.
6: They started eating them and finding that they taste like butter. So that may oh, open yeah. the market a little bit to the supply end.
4: No. Yeah, the old lady cows. Because, as you know,
6: some cows, cattle are raised for beef, and some are dairy.
4: (laughs) The old lady cows are put out to pasture, and then they pull them back in. Yeah, that's
8: fair. (laughs) That's humane. They they spent
4: years getting milked all day.
8: Right, and it's time for them to chill out and be left alone. (laughs) which Somebody's- is nice
6: because if you think if you were a, if you were a cannibal you would think an old person wouldn't taste as good but if it works for if it works well, for steak <laughs> that, that, that the dairy cows taste good no go.
8: respect for our elders
6: you <laughs> chop them up and <laughs> serve
4: them
5: like <laughs> no,
6: it looks like a grandma awful. cow is a no, uh, is a pretty good meal
8: that, that is just that's beyond
6: i wonder what they normally do with them i guess they just let them just, go somewhere yeah, and uh, yeah
8: they go to sanctuaries they, where they're I don't just know how left long alone they live but um, they can die peacefully not in your stomach.
6: Uh, we've had <laughs> <laughs> the big uh, meat producing states, be the, the beef cow is Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. And they're having problems with drought. Uh, now, obviously we didn't this past winter, but we're not a big <laughs> beef producing state. Those are some of the bigger. So feed prices are higher. Profitability is lower. Uh it also says here that apparently uh, the cost of everything is rising: medicine, vitamins that yeah. they feed to their cattle to keep them healthy, all going up to the point. And while the herds are thinning, it's becoming a uh, big problem. Uh, no,
4: I, I mean, if you if you go to one of the better steakhouses, it is shocking what some of the some of the cuts go for. Right, you just stare at the number. It's like that can't be. Now is In-N-Out holding
6: the line, though? Because there's always been everybody I know that comes yeah. to California wants to go to In-N-Out. And they tell me the same thing. It's a very affordable meal.
4: It still oh. is. I mean, it's up a little bit over the years, but uh, n- nothing drastic. Nothing no. that made, uh, has made my head snap. Right. And In fact, I'm going to go there tomorrow. And if you're, yeah. if you're nice, I'll get you french fries. Oh, really? Yeah.
8: Okay, so I will uh, yeah. I'll be very nice the rest of the show.
4: She will do anything for In-N-Out.
8: Not anything.
4: <laughs> what? <laughs>
8: i don't like them that much (laughs) they're okay
6: (laughs) and in case you're wondering some of the other industries that produce things that deborah mark hopes you don't eat don't suffer as much because chicken and pork eh, doesn't have quite the costs that come with it uh, versus the beef cattle so that's why they're not suffering as much in terms of uh, rising prices as it is uh meat in most stores and uh this is affecting grocery shoppers who go there to get any kind of ground beef. Um, all of these things together. I'm looking at this chart in the Wall Street Journal of the operating costs. You can see uh, 2022, significant $698 a cow is the average operating costs. Whereas back in 2000, it was only like 400 So that's a pretty big increase, uh, up to nearly $700. Uh, yeah, chicken is America's most consumed protein, but the value of the beef market is double that of chicken. That's because it's entire higher cost at more than $30 billion, uh, according to a uh, business that tracks this. And pork nor chicken has not been hit as hard by these uh, rising inflationary prices.
8: Well, in I have an market. idea, Ken. You meat eaters, why don't you protest and say you're going to go vegan until the prices go down, and then maybe maybe you'll actually enjoy being vegan and you won't miss meat and problem will be solved. Well, in
6: the real world,
4: uh,
8: <laughs> you listen
4: to people
6: lot, like don't John Cobelt won't switch, but apparently there are people that are going to
4: switch to, to, to cheaper meats rather than buying oh, that, steaks. That, that's that's what I did. I just, yeah. I'm just i getting a, a cheaper cut steak at the grocery store. Yeah, but you're oh, still but
8: eating cow. Yeah, no, but I mean, they're, they're, some
6: of them are eating and eat pork and chicken. Yeah, Which but, John no, like either. Either. but I
8: feel bad for the pigs and the chickens, also and the turkeys, and all those I, all I, those people, all those animals. You know,
4: it, it, it's just funny. Oh, and some
6: people are buying more seafood. It says here uh. no, or ground turkey. Uh, ground turkey is kind of
4: dry. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. So we we were we were up at the lake, right? And they stocked the lake with fish. And I used to do this when my guys were small. There was a dad out there, and he had a couple of really young sons, and they were fishing, maybe for the first time, right? And he's trying to teach them how to fish. And one of the little kids actually caught a fish. Hmm. And he's standing there on the edge of the lake, and the fish is dangling, and Dad takes him off the hook, and they stand and they like pose for a picture. And Dad says, okay, uh, uh, throw him back in the lake. Is that what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to throw him back in the lake. Well, the kid is so excited, he drops the fish on his head, And then kicks it back into (gasps) the lake.
8: That defeats the whole purpose.
4: (laughs) It was like, he was just, one, two kicks.
8: (laughs) That's mean. (laughs) And I thought of you. You should have been put in a timeout.
4: (laughs) Do you prefer they ate it?
8: No, I prefer they Uh, throw it back in in a nice, gentle way. Exactly. Uh, Kid
4: Kid was like five.
8: Well, you got to teach the kids not to harm the animals.
6: Well, when we come back, we do are going to do a story that's going to shake you, Deborah Mark, from the animal world. Uh, this is very, very bizarre. I've never heard of this before. Uh, there's one good result, though, from the story. I know you may find that hard to believe, but when you hear it, you'll find out what that is. Uh, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere the iHeartRadio app.
4: You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM 640.
6: Yes, and today is iHeartRadio Access Day, where you can get to access like never before with over 700 deals and experiences. All you have to do is go to iHeartRadioAccessDay.com. We're talking about a one-year VIP access pass to all the live shows at the iHeartRadio Theater in L.A. Also, you can possibly get a trip for two to our 2024 iHeart. Radio Alter Ego Concert in Los Angeles. And you can digitize your printed photos for 76% off the regular price with Legacy Box. Those are just a few of the things available at that website. And it's today only. iHeartRadioAccessDay.com. Coming up after the news at 2 o'clock, well, we love to visit an El Segundo Times columnist whenever they make us laugh. That wasn't the intention of this one. Her column is headlined... How to dig your way out of climate grief. Climate grief, <laughs> and dig is because she's a gardener, and apparently that helps her deal with climate grief. And she's a poet, and and John did a little digging and found out that she's a poet.
4: Yes, in fact, what, wait a second. What's what's that job? I found out she has. Uh, uh, she would review poetry. She, or she something? reviews poetry for NPR. <laughs> she's the when, on, she's the on air poetry reviewer. For NPRs, all things considered. And she's done this for over a decade. <laughs> a poetry reviewer. Uh <laughs> that's what we're up against.
6: Yeah, so we'll read you some of her maybe we should get the piano out. You
4: could you
6: or the harp or you can listen to us,
4: it. or you could listen to this woman who's consumed with uh climate grief. Climate grief. So this is how she deals with it she by gardening. Poetry. And she's poetry and gardening. You decide, I think they go together. You decide what you want to listen to.
6: What a toxic male you are. I think poetry and gardening <laughs> would do you good. I really do. While you eat fava beans with Deborah Mark. <laughs> we can read poetry together. <laughs> That's right. And a bowl of fava beans. And then you go over to your garden. Uh, Actually, no, John. the one thing John did have was a garden. He did talk about that one. So oh, yeah. Did,
4: right. Yeah, well, I, I, I used to do gardening stuff. Yeah, see that. But you didn't. Was, plan one plan of those vegetables. three
6: did happen. No, I I did Well, yes, I did. You did? Yeah, mm. he did plant. Yes, he's well, talked about this. My before. mother
4: was a huge gardening person.
8: Yeah, but vegetables. I think tomatoes. Yeah, he we grew plant.
6: hamburgers
4: on a vine. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're going to talk about this story, and there, it's bad, Deborah Mark. But there's kind of a good ending. Does that help? There's a little town in upstate New York, and actually, they sent this for you, Deborah Mark. A listener did. Uh, called uh, Manlius. John, it's outside of Syracuse. I had not heard of it. I haven't small. either. It's only 4,000 people. Uh, apparently, uh, for years, there was a swan that swam in the town's pond. Her name is Faye. And recently, she gave birth to baby swans. Who knows what a baby swan is called? Anybody? Anybody? Uh, a swanet? It's a cygnet. A cygnet? Yeah, C-Y-G-N-E-T. She <laughs> had four cygnets. Well, uh, Faye was removed from the pond, and here comes the worst part: she was eaten.
8: What? Who ate? Who ate Faye?
6: A family. Apparently, some young people, teenagers, oh. came to the pond. Three teenagers have been arrested. They took the swan home, and it was uh, it was cooked up.
8: Oh my god! First of all, that's that's horrible. And then they left the babies without the mom. I mean, people are so
4: cruel. How how do you cook swan? Uh, I would first. imagine,
6: John, like any other poultry.
8: That's. You oh, You so probably maybe...
6: have to, to tear the feathers off. Just
4: get it and bake it in the oven.
8: A swan?
4: A really? Swan. There's nothing
8: oh, yeah. else for these teenagers well, to eat. That? They're just, they're mean. They're going to become a killers. It's a bit like killers. duck,
4: I would imagine. prepared yeah. like duck. Let me see. How to cook swan. No. Oh, there we go. Swan cutlets and gravy.
6: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a couple, Faye and Nanny.
4: Oven roasted swan. Swan and cherry casserole.
6: Uh. For over a decade, Faye and Manny uh, swam about in the village pond. Each spring, they hatched and raised signets. In 2010, they were donated by a biologist and self described swan girl, Michael Bean is his name. They noticed, though, that uh, Faye was missing oh. and the signets, but the signets have been recovered. So that's the good news to this story. Uh. Two, of the, <laughs> two of the baby swans were spotted in a nearby store. In a town called Salina, New York. Oh my God! Were they being sold? They decided, like, yeah, or they decided not to eat the the young ones, so they just left them in a store. Oh,
8: how he... nice of them!
6: Uh, but apparently, Faye was given to a relative to cook. Look at this. They brought it back to the ant's house, and the ant prepared the swan.
4: You could uh, <laughs> you could hunt swan in six states. Uh really? I, I found the got this. Uh... This guy wrote a story on this uh, that he uh, a few years ago, he hunted and killed a tundra swan in Utah, and then he hunted and shot black swans in New Zealand. Oh, he hunts them and eats them.
8: I'm not meant for this world. I mean, the animal (laughs) cruelty is is just I'm serious. I, I don't even know what to say.
6: Well, we're going to take you to a new low with this next story, Deborah. Mark. This one comes <laughs> Welcome from... Welcome back, Ken. Where else would it come from but San Francisco? I was being nicer to you, right? I didn't torture you at all. Uh, if these things happen, I want to present the real world. And uh, ABC Bay Area reporter Dion Lim reports on... Well, we've heard of dogs who accidentally consume, you know, the edibles, the marijuana. Sometimes there's opioids or... Uh, This was one step removed from that. Here's the story.
0: If you couldn't tell by these adorable videos, one-year-old Himalayan Sheepdog Poodle Mix Pockets is a pooch with a love for the outdoors. I live in the area and we, we frequently come here. During a trip to Fort Mason Thursday, what Pockets found on the ground was the beginning of a terrifying and eye-opening experience for owner Jackie. I noticed she went and was eating something so I ran over to see what she was eating and unfortunately I th- it was poop. Nothing necessarily uncommon for dogs. But what happened several hours later was... Probably about 8 o'clock and she was, like, wobbling and she was, like, her tail was down. She, um... something was definitely wrong with her documents from emergency care showed pockets had symptoms from marijuana intoxication and there were opioids in her system frightening enough on its own but something else was alarming essentially the doctor on that night told me that this was relatively common and she sees it a few times a week dog owners we spoke with were understandably shocked at the news that's horrible. That's that's my worst nightmare. And say it'll be hard to prevent their pets from eating things on the ground. I don't know how anybody could, could prevent this. Luckily, Pockets didn't ingest enough to need Narcan and is back to her <laughs> old stick-chewing playful self. A healthcare professional told me Jackie did everything right and had the dosage been bigger, Pockets could have suffered kidney or liver damage. Jackie says she'll keep an even closer watch on her pet from now on and hopes her story will encourage others to do the same. There's so many people with dogs who probably don't know that this is a threat to their dogs. So I wanted to share it just to spread awareness and to make sure people are really careful and can look out for the symptoms of this.
6: So what happened was the dog ate human feces and the human feces had two traces of drugs in it.
4: Wow. Yeah, because it's a drug addict who's taking a dump on the sidewalks. Oh, and so the, the dog park. comes yeah. by and, and gobbles up the uh, the guy's poop. Yeah, I did. Oh yeah. My God. So in, in San Francisco, they have to give Narcan to the dogs. What would make a dog ingest human waste?
6: Is it scent or something? Uh, I think they eat everything. <laughs> they, they do. All
4: right. Now, here here's the um, game in my house. When my cat gets mad because it doesn't like the condition of the litter box, it will take a poop right in the middle of the hallway. Oh. And then the dog comes and eats the cat poop, and then the dog goes off and throws up in another room. And it's some wow. sort of like weird. That's re- quite a cycle. It's it's a recycling game that they play.
6: Wow. That's really disgusting. Sorry. Your dogs don't eat poop, do they, Deborah?
8: No, but you know what? I'm just going to say real quick, yesterday I got something in the mail. I got a piece of clothing, and when I was opening up the package, you know those little Silica gel packets. Oh, yeah.
6: Yeah.
8: Okay. Well, I saw it fell on the floor. So I thought that I picked it up and threw it away. I'm pretty sure I did. But then I turned around and my dog, the one that ate marijuana on the walk, <laughs> that same dog was looking very guilty in my family room. Mm-hmm. And I, I went and I looked at her and she was eating something. I don't know what it was, but I assumed that it was that gel packet. So I freaked oh. out. And I wasn't even sure exactly what it was, so I called the company, the clothing company, and they said it's still like a gel. And they said I, I think it's non toxic, but of course I googled, and, and yes, it is. And I still haven't found it. I'm pretty sure I picked it up, but that's pretty well, scary. But another one. I they, know they,
4: they throw in a few packets. No, it was just yeah. there was
8: just one. Mm. There was just one, and I saw it fall, and I, I I thought that I picked it up and threw it away, but apparently my dog. I think. I think got it Mm. and no you don't need to call the moist line and you don't need to send me messages (laughs) that i'm this terrible pet owner it was i i don't even know like i said i don't know if my dog ate it but i couldn't find it
4: your dog seems to be uh, way too hungry
6: oh
8: i know because she's crazy (laughs)
6: all right coming up next we're going to help you deal with climate grief you may have
4: to go out to your garden this this is good (laughs) this is good
6: John and Ken, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere. The iHeartRadio app. And then we're going to review poetry after that. (laughs) Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
4: That's carshield.com slash audio.
8: I'm
0: Diosa. And I'm Mala. We're the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic
1: novella, which
0: is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast.
1: Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen.
4: Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael.
2: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie, because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol Jean, Juan Gabriel, Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama?